0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode and I'm excited. We have two poems that were submitted for this week's episode and both of them are about spirituality and the journey home to ourselves. And one of the things we have consistently said in this podcast is the importance of holistic health. And so we attend to our psychology, to our physical bodies, as well as to our spirits and our communities. And so this first poem is by Brooke Green, and Brooke is writing to us from New Jersey. This piece has no title, and it reads... I heard recently that your home is supposed to be a place where people can experience God, his love, his peace, his embrace, and joy. I look in the mirror and ask myself, how does it feel to be home? My eyes are clear, steady, and honest. My mouth utters at once, good. When everyone else has gone to sleep and the record player stops, It feels good to be home. It feels good in my home. God lives here. He guards my heart when anxiety or past mistakes try to break in. He's constantly working. Come and see his studio in the back. Come and see the cups and bowls he's made from things once broken. He's a masterful potter, always at the wheel. He showed me recently how some things must break to be molded into better things. Beautiful things, colorful cups and bowls that we feast from now. Come, let's see the garden of my mind and go on a new growth tour. Blessings are blossoming daily from seeds of gratitude and patience. I see now that my tears were the water that brings new life and my smile has warmed up like the sun. And thank God that it is all landed on good soil. So whenever it may be that I welcome someone to come and spend time with me, I hope they can experience his love and peace and embrace and joy. That quiet whisper that assures the soul and tells the mind, this home is good. Yes, Brooke. I really, really enjoyed your poem. And I love how you address taking the broken places, the broken areas of our lives and making something beautiful of them. And also how at the end you deal with, once we are at home within ourselves, then we can connect with other people and be able to convey that sense of joy and love and peace. And I am so grateful that you are on the journey and that you shared your poem with us. So we have a second poem, and this one is from Charlene. And Charlene writes, I've been praying awake and in my sleep, free falling with faith, holding a heavy heart. Inhale and exhale. Pray again and ask, what does it mean to let go, give up, bow out, step down, surrender, welcome home? Not afraid to land feet first, shine a light in darkness, seek out joy amongst the pain, rise up, alleviate, rest, release, then rise up again. Yes, Charlene, thank you so much for sharing your poem with us. And it is such a reminder of the need to surrender and release, because sometimes we are holding on to things that are keeping us stagnant. And so taking breath and being willing to let go and this idea of letting go and being tuned into our spirituality, our values and or our religion or principles really connects with today's topic. We're going to talk about generosity. The benefits of releasing a scarcity mentality. Generosity. The benefits of releasing a scarcity mentality. The reality is that competition, capitalism, social structures that are based in classism or hierarchy or that devalue or demean those who are living in poverty, those who are under resourced, it really plants within us this idea that there is not enough. And it is important to be aware of the many, many resources, both materially and emotionally that are around us, even when they are not really based in systems of equity or fairness. So even if you grew up with things being withheld or not available, An important part of your healing will be to embrace the possibility of more, of abundance, of fullness, not in a place of being fear-led, anxiety-led. Because scarcity keeps us feeling like there will never be enough never enough time, never enough resources, never enough attention. And when we are living lives from that scarcity place, it can cause us to be harsh with others, impatient with others. It can make us very selfish and self-absorbed. It can cause us to be mean-spirited, to see everyone as a competitor. And when we live from that place, it really gets in the way of our wholeness and our wellness, realizing there is enough. There is enough for me to share. There is enough for me to be open. There is enough for me to care for others. There is enough. And I am enough. And I have enough to come to the table with something to offer. So it is not a lifestyle in which I am constantly looking to take and accumulate and never consider what it would mean to give, to share, to have an open heart, to have open hands, to be generous in spirit uh, and in practice. And so I invite you to consider The different life experiences that perhaps have led you to believe that there will never be enough and to consider whether that was materially, you know, you may have grown up where there wasn't enough. And I would say even when we grow up in households where the resources are limited, there are different messages that our parents or families can give us about what to do with what we have, right? So for some, they would say, oh, well, the elders should always eat first because they have to go out and work, Some people will say the children should always eat first because they are the most vulnerable. Some would say we have to split it up so that everybody gets something. And then some households would leave the children to kind of fight it out. And those who were faster or stronger got the resources or those who were considered cuter got the resources or those who were somehow for some reason favored by the parents, sometimes around gender, or who your parent was, got treated as if they could have abundance, as if the world is available to them, while others were given the message directly or indirectly, not you, there's not enough for you. There will not be enough love for you. There will not be enough opportunity for you. There will not be enough resource for you. And I invite you to reflect on If you have had any life experiences that cause you to live in that bubble, in that box of scarcity and the belief of not enough, and I invite you to consider what those messages have meant in terms of your mental health, perhaps even in terms of your physical health and in terms of how you even think about your spirituality and your values and a part of our healing is getting to a place. Uh, we have often talked about mutuality and reciprocity, but I want to take it even another step to talk about a generosity of spirit, a generosity of heart, a willingness to give, right? And so to be either raised to know that sharing is a value Or if as a child, nobody shared with you and you were not taught it as a value to say, at this point in my homecoming, in my life and in my journey, I do not want to fight everyone I do not want to live my life trying to block other people's opportunity. I do not want to live my life being dominated by envy and jealousy to the point where I want to stand in the way of other people receiving. No, I want to really be well and whole, that I want to be a part of being a blessing to other people, that I want to, uh, as a value Uh, Be intentional about sharing with those who may not have what I have, who may not know what I know. And so there are benefits. There's actually research, a lot of psychological research on what we call positive psychology. And we've done another episode on positive psychology. But today I want to, in particular, focus on generosity, on giving not to be seen, not to get credit giving because you have made a decision to operate from a place of compassion and consideration and seeing other people who are lacking, you know, does not promote or boost you. So when I am really well, it is not... The demise of others that builds my self-esteem or self-worth, right? I am not looking for other people to be torn down in order to build me up, but I often talk about the idea of a dream team, right? That, you know, when we can dream together and work together collaboratively, uh, we can do even more, uh, than we can if everybody is in their own lane, ignoring and disconnected from everyone else. So this is actually also a principle of African-centered psychology is understanding our connectivity, right? Or our interrelatedness one to another. And so generosity has physical health benefits as well as mental health benefits. And so people who are more generous have lower blood pressure They have reductions in anxiety and depression. It also improves their ability to manage chronic pain. And when we think about generosity, we can also see benefits in people's sleep and in their rest. Because I am not triggered by other people's advancements, but instead I am able to see the goodness in other people's progress, right? And when I can see that, as opposed to, you imagine if you're up late at night, worried constantly about other people getting ahead of you, right? If you're constantly trying to strategize about how to outshine someone else at work or how to uh, get more love or more attention than the next person, um, when I am working from that mindset, it is exhausting. And that exhaustion can show up in my mind, in my body, in my heart and definitely in my spirit. And so we find actually as people are generous that there is actually a reduction in their stress. You know, when I am stingy or selfish or believing constantly in scarcity, then you know it can create a lot of physical and emotional stress, stress in my body and stress in my mind. Generosity also helps us to have better relationships, better friendships, and better romantic relationships because it is very hard to sustain one-sided relationships. And so if people recognize in your family or your friendship circle or in your dating uh, life that you have to constantly be the center and that you always are taking but you are not giving, that will often cut relationships short or make them unfulfilling. But when we are generous with each other, not as a tit for tat of like, I gave you this, now you have to give me that, um, but really showing up with this understanding of love being an action word, right? Compassion being an action word. And so I show up in that space wanting to share. And it can help in my teaching. It can help me as a mentor. It can create better relationships on my job. You know, it's amazing. Some people work at the same place, but are competing against each other withholding information. And this is why we have to look at systems as well, because what kind of work environment has been created when the people who are supposed to be on the same team have been given the Message that there is no team, and so you have to try to fight with everyone else. So there is no common goal or value or identity. So you can improve your health, improve your rest, improve your relationships with generosity. And uh, we also found in a study that was done in California that it also increased life expectancy, longer lives were experienced or reported by people who were active in volunteering. So volunteerism, those who give of their service, of their skills, they often uh, will experience more sustainability, more longevity in their lives. And so some may be wondering what are ways to be generous because sometimes we have this idea that either to be generous, I have to be wealthy. So then you say, well, I'm not wealthy, so I can't be generous, but that is not true. And the second one is for those who are trauma survivors, there can be this idea of everyone is just going to take advantage of me. And so when I am constantly... In that place of vigilance and constantly in warrior mode, then the wound is leading me, right? Because some people took advantage in my past, then I am not open to sharing or giving in my present. So that means that the experience of the trauma or the violation is now shaping my relationships in such a way where I'm actually not showing up as myself, Right. Some of us were generous and then you got hurt. So now every other person you're in friendship or relationship with is having to experience you as a wall when that is not even the truth of who you are. So it is important that we heal so that I can return to my openness so that I can return to my generosity, so that I can return to being a loving person, so that I can return to a value of wanting to share and help and empower and contribute and be a part of the collective instead of constantly looking for how can I get away with giving the least and receiving the most. And that is how some people live where they are constantly engaged in manipulation, tricks and deception, trying to figure out how they can give the least amount of resource or time or energy and reap the biggest benefit. And so then that puts the labor, the resource, the requirements, the responsibility on everyone else. So we want to really consider when I'm at home within myself, I want to live with integrity. When I'm with, at home within myself, I want to demonstrate character. When I'm at home within myself, I want to be a kind person. And kindness is not weakness. It means I'm a loving person and love is very powerful. There is nothing more powerful than love. And so if I associate sharing, caring, compassion, love with weakness, that is my wound speaking because there are some people who mistreated you in your past, but how do I want to live in my present? And so uh, one of the things that can help you to be generous is to have a sense of gratitude for what you do have. Because when I don't acknowledge what I do have and I'm constantly looking at what I'm lacking, it will keep me from sharing because I believe everyone should be giving to me. I have nothing. Where interestingly, research finds that percentage-wise, people of lower income share more than people of higher income by percentage, right? And so we want to be appreciative that I may not be the wealthiest person, but I do have something, right? I have some food to share, I have roof over my head. I have these clothes that I don't even wear anymore. I have these shoes or these books or I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have health and breath that I'm able to move. I, I have mobility. If if you have mobility, whatever it is you have, when you have gratitude for it, it will put you in a mindset to be aware the recognition that you have something to share, right? So gratitude is first. The second is starting small. Uh, many of the major, uh, political campaigns in the United States in the past decade have talked more about, you know, the small donors. How when you have a lot of people giving a little to a cause or to a candidate they believe in, how that can make a big difference. And so I would say to you, whatever you have, instead of thinking, oh, this won't make any difference, so I won't give it, instead to say, this is what I am able to donate or this is what I'm able to share. And I don't need to compare it to what anybody else has or what anybody else gives, but to know that I am a part of the solution, right? So you may think, well, this little bit is not going to stop world hunger, but this bit is a way that I contribute to the solution of hunger or of homelessness or of violence against women. I am giving what I can, no matter how small it is. So I invite you to consider now what you have to share. And another part of generosity is having the intention to take the initiative. So people who are generous don't wait for others to give and then jump on the train or don't wait for others to give and then say, okay, next time I'll pay you back. But those who are generous are willing to start with the generosity, to lead with the generosity, to say, oh, our dear friend, just lost one of their parents. Their parent just died. And so I want to take the initiative in my friendship circle to get us organized for us to be a blessing to our friend, whether that is organizing the meals or helping to raise money for uh, the burial, the funeral. So I take the initiative. I take the lead in giving, whether that is in my own giving as an individual or whether that is organizing, right? Building a coalition around us giving and figuring out what we can do together. Not only do we take initiative, but we are also willing to make a sacrifice. And so sometimes generosity is, sometimes you can give out of your overflow, meaning you have so much that you're not even gonna miss it, right? That I can give this and it won't affect me one way or the other. And then there is another level of generosity, but I am willing to go without this because I want this person to have something or I want this group or organization to have something. And so I wonder what is a sacrifice that you are willing to make. You know, some people will say that instead of having this morning coffee, whatever that cost is, that instead they'll save up that money to make a do- a donation to an organization that is committed to doing something that this person cares about. So I wonder if you want to consider are you in the place of overflow and the you know the resources just sitting there and you and you want to give it or you are you in a place where you want to be intentional about making a sacrifice so that you can help or be a blessing to someone else or to some value, some organization. And so that is also the importance of finding causes you're passionate about. So we want to be generous in our time and in our love and in our resource for family, for friends, for our community, for our dating relationships or marriages, in our parenting, being available to our children. But we also want to think about generosity around causes that you believe in. You know, what are the things that you are committed to being a change agent for? Uh, whether that is for human rights, women's rights, children's rights, whether that is around uh, hunger or homelessness, whether that is about uh, stopping rape, whether that is addressing uh, intimate partner abuse, uh, whatever the issue is, some for some of you it is the environment. For some, it is the treatment of animals and combating cruelty to animals. For others of you, it is about addressing environmental racism or making parks available to those who do not have space, children do not have uh, space and access uh, to nature. So what are you passionate about and for you to be intentional about supporting the things that you say are, are valuable to you? And it can also be investing in a person, whether it is people who you know who are in need, strangers are in need. And it also can be investing in someone's future. So helping someone to get on their feet, helping someone to go back to school, helping someone to raise their children. Um, You may not have children, or again, you may just have the overflow. It will help you to be generous, to be around generous people. And so when I am surrounded by friends that are Competitive or selfish, it can create that same feeling in me. But when I have in my friendship circle, people who are giving, people who operate from a place of generosity, that can be contagious. And so then together we can think about big dreams. You know, what are the ways that we want to be a blessing? What are the issues that we want to support? What are the things that we want to uplift? And the last thing I will mention is your expertise. It is not only about resource, it is also about time and wisdom and knowledge. There are some things you know that other people don't know. So if you're willing to tutor, to teach, to write, to share, to disseminate information, that is a wonderful way of giving back. I hope on your journey home to yourself, Generosity will be a part of your path. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.